This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I've got good news to share and I've got bad news to share. I'm going to start with the bad news first. The Upside with Callie and Jeff, the episode that was recorded today, the audio is not good. I have no idea what was happening behind the scenes, but after we recorded it, the entire episode, the quality of the audio was bad. So bad that can't even release it. Now, I'm still going to mess with it. And I'm going to send it off to somebody else and, and see if they can mess with it so that we can save the episode. But the episode that we recorded yesterday for release today It's not good. So it's not coming out. The good news is that about six months ago, myself, my friend Kevin Gillespie and our friend Simon all sat down to record an episode of a podcast just to see what would happen, just to see how it would come out. And I've just been sitting on it for six months for no reason. It's edited. It's produced. It's ready to go. My intention was to release it as a bonus episode. And for whatever reason, it just kept getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down on the calendar. And now I realize why. Because it was meant to be this emergency replacement episode of The Upside. So what you're going to hear today is myself, uh, my friend Kevin Gillespie, who, if you're familiar with The Upside, you know who Kevin is. He is a chef in the Atlanta area. He's been on Top Chef a couple of times. Very funny, very talented chef, of course, but very funny person, great storyteller, has great stories to tell. And uh, his friend, Simon, who you might know from Instagram, has half a million followers on Instagram, posts funny tweets that he writes and more often than not laugh out loud funny huge huge following of of uh, people on instagram who love his humor so the three of us sat down and recorded an episode of a podcast wasn't necessarily the upside it was just an episode of a podcast just to see how it would sound and it has not as disney would say it has lived in the vault until today It has not been released until this moment, but because of the technical issues that occurred with the recording of The Upside with Callie and Jeff, today is the day. Enjoy this special episode of The Upside with Callie and Jeff featuring Kevin and Simon and me. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. So normally when Kevin Gillespie is part of, and well, really this podcast or any of the radio shows I've been a part of in Atlanta, it's for a specific reason. It's, it's like a week before Thanksgiving, and we want to give somebody, you know, first turkey tips. Sure, yeah. But th- now th- there's really no occasion to have Kevin on, but he's such a great guest. So, uh, so I invited him in. So here he is. And then he 
it was bring a friend to work day. Right, so yeah. he brought a friend. Yeah, I brought my friend Simon, who I think a lot of your listeners will know Simon Holland from his uh you know from his social media presence. You know, think if you know Rival Dad, you know Simon. So I'm just so here's the thing, Simon, with your Instagram account. How many people follow you on Instagram right now? Yeah, so on Instagram it's about four hundred and fifty thousand followers and then probably a little over a hundred grand on Twitter. You took off like a rocket ship. How? How? <laughs> How did that happen? I don't really know. Okay. I started writing a blog. My wife, Tiffany, was like, hey, you should, you should maybe do a blog because you seem kind of run down at work and you don't have any way to like, you know, be creative. It was a blog called Sweet and Weak. I would take a topic that was like really, you know, kind of sweet about being a dad. Mostly it was about being a dad or being a, a spouse. And then I would kind of flip that on its ear. And then I would also write like a small post about why it was weak as well, you know, and, and why I didn't like it. Eventually I just thought, well, I'm starting to get likes. I'm getting the little dopamine hit of, you know, the satisfaction from that. And really it's way easier to just write this in at that time. I think Twitter was 120 characters or 140. So I just, I kind of fell in love with that whole short form thing and, and just kind of kept doing it from there. And then I, I got lucky. There were a few people, you know, that were kind of well-known that would pick it up. I'm not really sure how, but Kristen Bell shared a couple of my jokes just out of the blue. And I had no, I don't know how she found my account, um, but she did. And she like posted a couple of things in her story and things kind of started to snowball from there. That is a great feeling when you have somebody super famous right. who acknowledges your online presence like it geeks me out when it was it awesome. when it happens to me i'm like has it ever happened to you kevin I'm, I'm trying to think but i don't think so i pretty much only know d-list and below celebrities <laughs> such such is the life so now you're at nearly half a, you're gonna hit half a million followers i mean we're at about half a million yeah they, it is it's you know it's more half a million at, than at, it's look, not at half right? a million we're gonna give away some top secret turkey tips with kevin <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah we're here to that'll work be, on them now that'll be the giveaway right yep. just uh follow retweet you know whatever tag your friends did you happen to see the uh top chef that kevin was in I've seen them okay. all. Okay. So did you see the one? It was the last one, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, where he completely geeked out because they went to Italy and he got to go into like a salami right, cave right. or something. Right, right. He ate like 700-year-old ham and was like, yeah, well, this yeah, is was the greatest day of my life. And the, your appreciation of food, you were more excited about that basement-filled, that pork-filled Ooh. basement. What was it? Was it? it yeah, it's something called Parma. Pulatello. Oh. Yeah, so we, well, we were near Parma. We were at um, like an, 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 an old castle. Really. Yeah. And the thing that they make there was called culatello. We don't have it in the United States. It's literally illegal here. Okay. Um, the easiest way to explain it is that it is like prosciutto, except that it's prosciutto. a single That's muscle from the ham. As opposed to the whole ham, it's a single piece of the ham. But, uh -huh. they, but they age it in caves the way they age wine in barrels. Right. Except more volatile. Like, so... The reason we can't have it in the in the United States is that I don't think it's unsafe in any way whatsoever. But I could see how you would think it was unsafe because it's in this basement cellar, and the there's nothing preventing the outside from coming in. Like there's windows and stuff. Like and it's just open. It's so, also a basement, so right? So there's bugs, there's spiders, there's dust everywhere. Yeah. There's mold, legitimate, like because you want it there, and you're like. 
And that's how this, like, wait to taste the meat. And that, yeah. that is the secret. It's funny that you that we're talking about this because one of the articles that I pulled to bring up with you is also about Italy on the island of Sardinia. Mm. There is, have you ever heard of Casu Marzu? Yes, the, the cheese. Yes. Ooh. I'm just going to read this. The, my question for you, Kevin, is after I read this, if you would eat this, if this is something that you would consider right, a delicacy. Within these edgy curves of the island, shepherds produce Casu Marzu, a maggot-infested cheese that in 2009, the Guinness Book of World Records, proclaimed the world's most dangerous cheese, which I didn't even know was a category. <laughs> I love danger foods. <laughs> yeah. I world's most dangerous <laughs> cheese with a side of scorpions. Yes, yeah. I've always been nervous by about a good Havarti, but you right. know, it's only because I didn't know that, about this. that spot was previously held by that big ass wheel of Gloucester that they roll down the hill in England <laughs> every year. Chase. Yeah, exactly. That was before this. That was the world's most dangerous cheese. All right, a fly called something in Latin lays their eggs in the cracks that mm. form mm. in the cheese <laughs> as it's curing. And then when the maggots mm -hmm. hatch, they chew their way through the paste, digesting the cheese wow. proteins, and they transform the inside of this. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's to me, it's like a, a good coffee shop muffin where the top's mm. really crunchy. Yeah. And, and then you get inside, yeah. it's super soft, except the soft is also filled with maggots. Mm. <laughs> Whoops. Would you <laughs> eat? This grub cheese. Okay, so. Uh, or have you? Well, I have not. Okay. No, I don't. I think that one is also on Did the list. Did you bring any for Of us things that, if, like, A, you ain't getting it over here. But even if you tried to, like, sneak it back in your luggage. Like, you could play a lot of things off, but you can't be like, oh, that's my dirty laundry. Like, right. The maggots. So, if you went over there and somebody led you to a Kasu Marzu. Yeah, I would try it. But I think it's pretty vile. Whew, I think that is some heavy You can almost smell it duty. just I, when he reads I'm, the yeah, description. I'm like yeah, having a hard like, time yeah. just putting on my thinking cap and being like, what does it taste like? Like, well, it probably tastes like rotting things. Like, and I don't know, man. I have a hard time. I'm sure the Sardinian Food Council will be listening to this immediately because that's the way it works in my life. If I <laughs> if I make reference to a traditional food of of somewhere, you know, anywhere in the world. You know, those that very small underrepresented community will be the first listeners and, and show up to correct me. So, Sardinians, I have to assume that no one ate this on like out of any reason other than necessity in the early days. It was like all that cheese we made has maggots in it. Right. Yes, we're eating maggot okay. cheese. And, yeah. And you yeah. know what that That's is? That's like, I mean, when I was a kid and the block of cheddar would start to get moldy. Yep. We didn't throw away the whole block of cheddar. No, no, no. Mom cut off the molded section. Right. Except it, take it one step further and your mom it's was like, molded. the mold's the best part. <laughs> That's right. Do you <laughs> think it's a, uh, do you think like the hoo-hoo grub or this cheese, do you think there are people that really, really like it? Or is that like a, does it just become like a chef flex? Oh yeah. Like a double dare. Right. No, double, it doesn't just bear? become like uh your palate's not as refined. You can't even taste what's good about it. Well, I think. Cause I think that sometimes exists with some kind of things like, like maybe I can't, like I'm trying to make coffee right now. Okay. 
my wife actually gave me a French press and she's been watching some of your, your coffee talk things or whatever. And, um, you know, and I've got a grinder in the whole bit and, and I, maybe a year ago I told her, I was like, I think somewhere inside of me is a guy that really wants to like appreciate coffee and, you know, kind of get into it. I've been drinking coffee black for a long time. And so she was like, Oh, well, you just met Kevin and he's, you know, kind of really into it too. So, you know, here's some of, here's some of the stuff that he recommended. Every cup of coffee I make is horrible. <laughs> and I like play it off. I'm like, she's like, Oh, was it good? Cause she spent all this money on stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean, probably the best cup of coffee I've ever made. And then I go back and I'm like, what, why can't I, it's, why is it so sour, man? It's, all, it's so sour. And I'm like, is that me? Do I just have to keep drinking the sour coffee until I'm like, no, Oh, that see, delicious. It's sourness. like the first time everybody has a beer. Right. Like, right. This is well, the worst thing ever. Yeah. And so then, I think maybe I haven't acquired a taste yeah, for it see, yet. See, if you're not careful, but, you're going to end up like every dude who lives in the Pacific Northwest who's convinced that the the most, the gnarliest, most medicinal IPA is what beer is supposed to taste like. They were like, oh man, it really, when it waters your eyes, that's when you know I'm it's like, good. Is this the citrus hint they talked about? Because it seems more like a punch in the face than a hint right now. Should it taste like I'm eating a lemon and the yeah, rind of I mean, a lemon? And then I'm researching it. I'm like, it's not getting enough water. I'm not letting it brew long enough. And I mean, it's, it is gradually improving and okay. it was a wonderful, thoughtful gift. And I'm really enjoying the education of it. But part of me goes, is this just, is this just people flexing on me and being like, Oh, you, you could never really appreciate it because you don't have a refined enough palate to know right, this. Right, right. No, I don't think that's the, well, I don't know, man. Like maybe <laughs> I, you know what though? I'm friends with Andrew Zimmern who, you know, the bizarre food. Yeah, guy. sure. I mean, if anybody would know, he would know. He would know. Do you think I should text him while we're sitting here and find Go out for if it, it tastes yeah. delicious? All right. Let's, let's see. see if he's had it. Ask Ten. if he has any coffee tips. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Or is it just supposed to be that way? And I'm just, it's not supposed to be I that suck way. At tasting. Maybe that's uh... just keeping with the theme of stuff that why would anybody eat this? There's an elephant dung coffee. It's the world's most expensive brew. Right. That's the that's, one I was talking about. I made about. that the I other mean, day. Yeah. And you were like, you just that, with regular beans. You had that Austin Powers moment where you were drinking the coffee. Coffee beans are fed <laughs> to elephants who digest them somewhat and then poop them back out uh then the beans are plucked from the dung now this is made was, up, i man. thought that was it's, lemurs that's what i was talking about when i said the monkey probably poop coffee. lemurs too right i mean this is getting out of hand who's, like is it gonna be like a turducken where you first feed it to the <laughs> elephant and then do a slightly smaller animal and then on down that's right whose job is that picking uh, the yeah. picking the oh. So anyways, yeah. then they wash them and roast them like you would a normal coffee Thank bean God. and they brew coffee. What does a it? coffee bean gain from going through the intestinal okay. crack of an Here is what I know oh, about oh this. Oh, Lord. This is uh, what I've heard. There's an answer to this? There, well, supposedly. This is the answer. The supposed answer, you should actually be really excited about this, okay. is that the enzymes in the stomach of that animal consume part of the, the outside of the, of the bean. And it reduces the acidity. It makes for a much smoother oh, coffee. Okay. Supposedly. Now I can't so tell I you because that. I have not had any poop coffee. Um, it's really expensive. Like it's super the, expensive. It's the most, according to this, it's the most expensive brew in the world. Did they tell you the price? It does not. It's but it's from a finance journal. Have you seen his Saturday morning YouTube stories, Kevin's? His coffee experience is not, 
I mean, he's weighing it out. <laughs> you know the worst part of that? Like a pharmacist, right? Like the exact, yeah. do the grams. And I'm like, how many grams? How many, <laughs> what the? You're like, I, I can't move this fast, Instagram. I don't know. It's, I'm a work in progress. Yes, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> this is riveting gonna, content for people it. who are like, no, no, I get it. Yeah, they're 205. Like, they're like, why don't you tell a lawnmower joke, you dummy? <laughs> Nobody cares about this. <laughs> when you were talking about, uh, the, the people from Sardinia tracking you down. We have to share with Simon the story of the, the great goulash saga of 2019. Oh, man, I can't. Why are we reopening this wound? When Jeff? I where I grew up in upstate New York, goulash was a was a common meal. My dad would make goulash and it was beef, ground beef, noodles, like a tomato sauce, uh, some paprika, but not as I've learned, not a proper goulash amount of paprika, but there's some, and that was a meal. And I really liked it. And, and you called me and said, do you know how to make goulash? And I said, yes, I know how to make goulash. And you're like, how do you make it? And I described to you how to make traditional Hungarian goulash. The Hungarian goulash. And you went, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the thing. And I was like, oh, American goulash. Yeah. Yes. Like the upstate New York thing. And you were like, yeah. And, I'm, and so we talked about it and you're like, okay, so yeah, exactly. We make it the same way. And so then you made it for dinner or you said you were going to make it for dinner. Yep. And after talking to you, like for the next several days, I was like, I couldn't get it out of my head because I hadn't had it in years. Like my grandfather's from upstate New York. And so I ate this dish too as a kid. And I was like, man, I haven't had that in forever. I'm going to make some. And I made it. And, and I, you posted, and a I picture. posted a picture of it, which I called it American goulash. I also explained that it was a regional dish Upstate New York, yada, yada, posted a photo. Traditional or Hungarian, I guess, goulash is basically chunks of beef, a few tomatoes and a lot of paprika. Really no tomatoes. It's a it's a a bunch of beef, beef stock, beef fat and paprika. It is it's beef braised in paprika. That's what it is. Okay. And, and you would serve it. You know, you could serve it with a lot of things, potatoes or whatever. But it's it, it you know, it's and P.S., it's their national dish, basically. So he so called. You so this is, oh my god! He calls me a week later and he goes, "How was your goulash?" I said, "It was good." He's like, "I made it." I'm like, "Oh, how'd it come out?" And he he goes, "It's great, but I'm never going to Hungary. Yeah, I right. have been banned <laughs> right. from the country." Yeah, the consulate's read, calling me up. Read the to comments, and there's a war had broken out on yeah. Facebook comments over using the word goulash to describe essentially a hamburger. So, dish. Some of the people who were the most upset were first generation immigrants who were like, you know, my culture, yada, yada. And you're like, yes, I, I get it. I also want you to know that your culture isn't being forgotten, that, that these Hungarian and Eastern European immigrants who immigrated to upstate New York influence the food. Like, and that's what's beautiful about American food is that it does absorb these influences. I will grant you that it should do a better job of telling you where the original version came from. But I didn't think that was the time in that post. But right. boy, did I learn my lesson! Like, Isn't it? You know? It is unbelievable that people will take the time to write the things that they will write. They are. Online. You know what? That's actually so upset people. And and even if there's even if nothing comes, like it's one thing if like a whole fight breaks out. Like, yeah. But even without that, there's going to be some people that are just like, look, he may not see this. No one may respond to it. But I can't go to bed tonight without letting this guy know. Do you get complaints on your jokes? There will be a lot of things where it will start as someone just trying to one up the joke or whatever, but then inevitably it'll devolve. Somebody will be like, 
oh, you know, mind your own business and then this and that. <laughs> right, and, right. And the next thing you know, and then some people's like, yeah, I mean, you should really have an electric lawnmower anyway. You hate the environment. Yes. Or. Yeah, know. I had a person who was yelling at me about a joke that I made about my wife telling me that she didn't want anything for Valentine's Day. And that I'm that like, clearly this must be true. Cause why would she lie to me about it? And all these people were like, no, 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 don't do that. And I'm like, well, you know, this is make believe, right? right? Like this is all fiction. But I mean, I had somebody that got genuinely upset about how neglectful of a husband I must be. And I was like, it's a joke. Like, just like Simon was telling a joke, I was telling a joke. And she goes, literally, she comes back, she goes, yeah, the difference is that he's funny. And I was like, oh, sick burn. <laughs> Here, have some goulash. I can, uh, yeah. I can show you if I took the time to print them out. I made a, albeit somewhat insensitive joke about the amount of time you have to wait at a pharmacy sometimes. And I think the joke was about like, they'll just look at you dead in the eye and be like, it'll be 20 minutes. And then they'll take a, you know, a bottle of eye drops and out of one box and put it in a bag. Man, pharmacy Twitter is not here for laughs. No, 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 it's not. Yeah, there's some, there's some rival teams out there that are just not. And, and that was, yeah, Twitter. and I didn't even know there was a pharmacy Twitter, but I mean, you can, it's, I didn't take any of it down. There've been some things that I've taken down because I'm a grown up and I can change my opinion and learn from other information. But these ones were just like, yeah, you can still go back and find the tweet or find it on Facebook. And it's just What's so after comment, for the record, American comment. goulash is still up on my Instagram. If we want to just you go rebel. ahead, I'm ready now for like a new round of hate following this podcast. You ever try adding a can of rotel? Looking <laughs> <laughs> good and feeling great just got easier thanks to Rothy's. From the unbeatable comfort to the fact that you can wash them, these shoes check every box. You might have heard about Rothy's best-selling point and flat. In fact, People Magazine named The Point the best flat for their first ever Style Awards 2021. They also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, Mary Janes, and more. Here's what I love the most. Everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. I know what you're thinking, right? Like water bottles, how could that be comfortable? That's what I call Rothy's magic. My favorite style is the loafer and you could literally take them out of the box, throw them on your feet and stay on your feet all day without so much as a moment of discomfort. Say goodbye to uncomfortable flats that beat up your feet. Rothy says something for everyone, including men. They launched a line for guys this year. Treat yourself or find the perfect gift for a loved one with their ultra comfortable, washable shoes, bags, and accessories. Win the gift game this season with Rothy's shoes and accessories. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash upside with extended returns and exchanges through the holidays. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash upside. With zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and at only 140 calories, Magic Spoon is a delicious and guilt-free way to start your day. All of the deliciousness of those childhood cereals that you remember, but none of the bad health stuff. And you can build a custom bundle from their flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberries, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. Bundle those together, get them delivered right to your doorstep. Check this out. Cookies and cream and maple waffle, they are now permanent 
fixtures of the Magic Spoon offerings. They were just limited edition flavors, but the demand was so great, they brought them back permanently. So if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy food in general, start your day with Magic Spoon cereal. Go to magicspoon.com slash upside and grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code upside at checkout. You'll save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, they back it with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash upside and use the code upside to save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. StoryWorth is one of my favorite gifts to give during the holiday season because it checks a few things off my list and it allows me to give a meaningful gift while also collecting family stories for future generations to have for years to come. When you sign up for StoryWorth, you can choose the date you want to have the subscription sent so it won't spoil the surprise. Each week, StoryWorth will email a thought-provoking question to the recipient with questions that you've pre-chosen from an extensive list of options. They're questions like, what's the bravest thing you've done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? After a year of the person you love answering these questions, StoryWorth compiles all of their answers and makes them into a book. You can order as many copies as you want, and you can choose to add photos if you want to. I gifted a subscription to my dad a few years ago. And what I love the most is that our kids will have those stories. And truly, the questions are things that I would have never thought to ask or record on my own. With StoryWorth, I'm giving those I love a most thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash upside and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash upside to save $10 on your first purchase. The thing that's so fascinating, because if somebody writes one negative comment, right? I, my assumption is that they're having a bad day, right? They got rear-ended on the way to work, their email crashed, their whatever, having a bad day, drop their phone in water and they got to take it out on something. I'm fascinated by the people who will spend hours responding to comments and going, and it has to be the only thing that they're doing. And I imagine them in their life going about their entire business, but entire day, normal business, but holding their phone in one hand, just waiting for somebody to respond. I don't think they have any normal business. <laughs> right. I think that's the thing. I think that what you said though is true though. I think absolutely. So, okay. We said this before we got started. When would we start offending cousins? Here we go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I definitely have a cousin of mine and she doesn't have a lot going on some days, you know? God, I've already outed it. Like, you know, cause now my cousins are going to be like, I'm a female cousin. Um, so, yeah, I know. Here we go. Um, and I don't have a lot going on most days. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. But no, she totally will be one of these people who will jump in a comment section and not leave, like not leave until she feels like she has gotten the final blow in. Like she's there to fight however many rounds this is going to go. She's going for it. And, and it's funny because to me, she's not, she doesn't jump in on particular things where you're like, well, yeah, that's a hot button for her because of X, Y, or Z. Right. No, 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 no. She, I think she just likes fighting. I think she just likes fighting it out ideally with strangers um, and just getting in there and scrapping it up. Oh yeah. Digital conflict is so much easier, right? Yeah. You don't ever actually have to get your ass kicked. But I've, I mean, I've done that too, where I've just had 
something that I just need to get out of my system, right? Like I'm just like diarrhea. Yeah. And then uh, from eating, <laughs> from eating the cheese, from the, the Rotel mac yeah. and cheese. And I've just got something I need to get out of my system. So I'll like, it could be something random and I'll, like, and I'll go online and say, I'm going to argue with this person. And then I'll go back and forth and generally speaking, get bored within 30 minutes. And it's not, I feel like if I do that, Every time I do that, I get like an email shortly thereafter from like HLN or CLN, CNN, wanting me to come on and explain why I got in a Twitter argument with somebody. Like, yeah, it's not fun. One time years ago, I made a joke because I was, this was badly received as if you won't be surprised by that. Um, years ago, I was on book tour from my first cookbook, I think. So this was 2008, 9, 10, something like that. And I made a comment because I was in... Uh, Birmingham for a tour stop and it was on election day. And I was like, Hey, nothing like blowing off election day to come hang out with me. Like, you know, when I'm doing this, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh man. That went over very, very poorly. I ended up getting in a Twitter argument with Kasim Reed that then spilled over into an actual live CNN interview with Kasim Reed, like reading me the riot act about like, you know, my civic, responsibility and all this other stuff. Because and I was you like, you can't make jokes right. because people look up to you. Correct. Everything you do has to be. Yeah. And I was like, serious. uh, like I'm not garbage. telling you not to vote. Like, I, did I say, I didn't, I mean, if How that's what you, I would, I didn't mean that I was just telling a joke. I was just being lighthearted about things. The, the thing with that is like, how do you sometimes with stuff like that, you can't even defend it because it's so obvious. Like, well, that's where I was stuck being like, I don't know how to defend myself because I didn't think anyone was going to take this literally, but that's what I've learned. If there's anything I've learned, it's that um, it doesn't matter how hard you try to be funny on social media. There will always be people who just can't see anything, but the like they read the words and they take it as a very literal thing, as opposed to realizing that you didn't actually do that. You're just joking about it. What if the outcome of this, Kevin, is that um, Simon never gets on the internet again? Well, I, <laughs> what if, what if, I'm done I think this. if I'm not careful, the outcome of this is I'm getting canceled. It, like, uh, sooner than later. There's what? the ongoing joke on the show Family Guy with that character Buzz Killington. Have you yes, guys ever, like, yes, that's yeah. it. He's a real dude. Where, like, you guys, we're all having a funny wah, laugh about wah. something, and then he jumps in with, like, who here would like to hear a nice story about a bridge? Like, <laughs> You're like, oh God. Uh, like, yeah, that's just, there are just people like that in this world. So I know my wife, Tiffany will get, um, I don't even really read comments anymore. I'll try to scroll through most. If you're verified, usually your comments are up top. So I'll get to see if like Kristen Bell, I go, we get it, Simon. Kristen Bell follows you. <laughs> right. The president like, comments. If, if Kevin, if Kevin comments, <laughs> it's usually up near the top. So I'll see that, but I don't, I don't usually scroll much past that, but Tiffany will. And sometimes she'll get, like, she'll get pissed. And I'm just like, man, the best thing you can do is nothing. Yeah. Does she ever, does she ever respond and try to defend your comedic honor? I think there have been a couple of times there was, so there was a joke I made a long time ago. And then Reese Witherspoon's, whoever does her social media reposted the same joke without my name on it. Oh, um, and then a bunch of people came on my Instagram going, you stole this joke from we, from Reese Witherspoon. And it was something stupid about like how, you know, going to a pumpkin patch or something. And so she was like, I've got screenshots, you know, you tweeted this in 2015 and you know, she's out there trying to let everybody know. Um, it's, it's that stuff that gets her the maddest Oh yeah, when she sees jokes that 
that are mine that aren't attributed. But even like even that stuff, and I'll tell her, I'm like, look, that's super noble and you're right. But the best thing you can do is just nothing. Yeah. I mean, my, my family members are notorious for that. I used to have to chill my mom out about stuff like that. Cause my mom like defending your, Oh my uh, God. Yes, man. Like, you know, I, again, like my family's all made up of these really fiery women who are not taking shit off of anybody. They're way scarier than the men in the family. And so, you know, I would do something either. This happens all the time with top chef because it's highly edited. I cannot stress that enough. It is so highly edited. And so what you see it is only a very small version of what may have taken place. And so in its context, it may portray something being very different than it was in reality. And so my mom knows that because she has come on to the show before. And so she's yeah. lived it. She's seen like, wait, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant when I, so she's lived it. And so she goes to bat for me all the time when people call me out about things that I don't know, whatever they get upset with me about, uh, which is tons of stuff. Um, and He's I had like, like literally the most likable person ever to be on that show too. So oh, that, well, just, that just goes to show you what, you know, general population. Yeah. Is and like. my mom will have to like, she will get in knockdown drag outs with people about like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I finally would have to call her off because it would be everything. So every she's, single on, she's time. online. Oh man. My sister is the same way. My little sister, she will get fired up. And just yesterday. So I posted a, a picture of a new tattoo that I got yesterday. And somebody in the comment section made a comment about an old tattoo that I used to have that I got when I was a teenager and that I was embarrassed about. I had covered up years ago, but somewhere there's like file footage of this tattoo floating around the internet and it, it pops up basically every time there's like some big issue with regards to um, racial inequality in the South, somehow my photo of like 21 year old me shows back up. And so my sister has to be like, she's just gotten tired of it now. I've stopped because I've been like, look, I've made public apologies. I've been on the news. I've been on national news not only apologizing, but just being direct and saying, yeah, you know, it's one of the problems of growing up here in the South, like especially during my generation is that, you know, we didn't get a really accurate version of our actual history. And so you made a lot of stupid decisions and I'm, you know, living proof of that. Um, but she still gets so mad. And so even yesterday I posted that and somebody's like, oh, I can't help but notice that you didn't, the shot doesn't include your tattoo or blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and she just goes off. She just gets so fired up. And I'm like, just let it go. Like, do you know that person? And she's like, no. I'm like, right. And I don't either. And we never will. Like, and it doesn't matter at all. And not only that, if you ever saw that person in public, if that person was ever eating at one of your restaurants or standing in line behind you at a coffee shop or whatever, right. would never say that. No, of course they wouldn't. Right. And, no. and here's the other thing. And I'll tell people, like, the more you engage with the comment, the more the algorithm's yes. going to want to Yes, that yes, up yes, higher. exactly. Yeah, That's what I told her. I was like, so if, if you don't you say anything, don't, it'll be buried. Don't feed it. And then no one's, no one's scrolling down to read the 400th comment. Right, exactly. You know, you know what is great? And this is what we need to do. So on the agenda for the next time we all hang out is Simon's going to make his coffee and right. Kevin's We're going to score rip. his coffee on a score of one to zero. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, so that's going to be one thing. <laughs> then the, the other thing we need to do is something I did at my last radio job. And I always thought about doing this with a, with a small business owner or a business owner and Yelp reviews. It's called Haters on Helium. Yeah. And <laughs> basically, Kevin, you would just take a big old hit of a helium balloon and then read the worst Yelp review on one of your restaurants because it completely disarms right, right. The, the rage of the person who had to wait 25 minutes when they were told it would only be 20 minutes. I love the take on the Yelp review, and it's I've seen it done a bunch of times. 
So I, I don't know who originally did it. And I just think it's hilarious. I've seen it like outside on a chalkboard and it just says, come in and eat the worst Cuban sandwich that Jeff on Yelp ever had in his life. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah, exactly. You know what? That's what I'm going to start. Cause people do that with our podcast with the upside, which is so funny because our podcast is all about kindness and, yeah, and positivity and, and, yeah, and positivity. Yeah, right. And then people will write a comment and say, I'm sorry. I tried. It's just boring. All they talk about is maggot cheese and poop coffee <laughs> yeah. and Yelp reviews. And it's terrible. I can't believe I wasted my time on this. And I wish I could reach out to them and go, you know what else you wasted your time on? Writing a one-star review for a podcast that you listen to and you're never going to, why? Maybe there's a whole demographic that we're not tapping into of people that hate stuff. Though. How you know, do we like, monetize here's that? A, here's a positive <laughs> podcast that gets a ton of great reviews, but if that's not really your thing, Judy hates it. So maybe you'll hate it with <laughs> so her. Can know? we start the downside? Can we just spin <laughs> yeah. off the upside to the downside and we just on everything all the time, <laughs> oh including your comments. So when you write in to comment, we're going to rip on that too. You m may have just stumbled on to what this podcast could become. The downside? Become. No, I think <laughs> what if the podcast purely exists to get the most one-star reviews oh, in the history of podcasting? The name of the podcast is called The One Star Podcast. Yeah. And the description says, this isn't really about anything. It's a few people hanging out talking. Right. We have really no agenda. We're just going to kind of ramble on. I hope you hate it. <laughs> That's that's it. That's so, the tagline. Yeah. I hate it. All right. Perfect. So this, this has been a journey. Right. And it ended with what could be the greatest concept for a podcast ever. All right, Simon, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, Kevin, we'll talk turkey next time. Yeah, don't, uh, don't overcook it. There you go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com slash upside for your exclusive discount. Jaden has one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How, how, much, money, how much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>